0: So, the difference between the first retreat and the second retreat... The first
1: you, you have one less tooth.
0: <laughs> I have one less tooth.
1: The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast. Episode 186. The Balinese calendar only has 210 days, consisting of 10 weeks made up of 10 days each. Wait, does that mean that you get more birthdays? One, two...
0: I'll show you Paris in the morning I'll show you London afternoon If you feel your Dublin heart is burning Yeah, well, you don't have to
1: worry Cause we're going there soon and you don't have to worry Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and today's episode is part two of my interview with Jacob Sokol. And it is the first in a series that we are calling Where Are They Now? So we are bringing back people who were part of our older episodes. We're 180 some episodes in now. So we're catching back up with people that we have interviewed a year or two years in the past and seeing what they've been up to. And in part one, Jacob reveals everything that he's done in the past year, which is an insane amount of stuff. We also talk about the power of mentors. We talk about how to make sustainable change from your aha moments. So how to have those aha moments, and then how to make it actually change your life for the better, for good. And why you should never make decisions when you're in a bad mood. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, you can get that by going to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. You can get that on iTunes. You can get that on Stitcher. And of course, you can get it on Jabbercast, which is the new podcasting app that I've been using and that I love. So if you haven't heard part one yet, go check that out. And if you have heard part one, well, let's dive right into part two of my interview with Jacob Sokol from Sensify.com.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, it's awesome. And that's, you know, that's part of... Some of the work that I do at this point just because I've struggled with it so much is to help people evolve their relationship towards money because as a society, we say we use money as a socially justifiable reason for not living the life that we want to live, for justifying our insecurities. In other words… If I were to say, no, I, I don't wanna take a trip to Bali with this with this great group because I'm gonna save money and be responsible and I don't know if it'll fit into my budget. That's understandable. Society's gonna say, that's a smart person right there. Or if you're gonna say like, you know, no, I just don't have the money to invest in working with the coach right now great. I get it. You know, money is tight. You got to make sure you can pay the bills and if you don't pay the bills, you're going to be so, but the reality is, is that money is just, it's just, we use it as a, as a socially justifiable excuse for not moving forward. When the real thing is, is no, you're actually afraid of taking some of the action that it would require you to take in order to go to Bali, which might be make more money, which might be ask for that promotion you're afraid to ask for, or leave your job, or reduce your expenses, or get creative, or put yourself out into uncertainty. So, um, you know, anyone who says that they don't have enough money to do what they want, especially when we're talking about take a trip, leave a job, it's not about the money. It's about usually some social anxiety that you have that you're afraid of going into, some fear of uncertainty, some lack of trust in yourself, and that's okay, I've had all of the same exact things. Just be clear with yourself, the real thing, what's really there, and then understand that that's normal and not great, Now, now's the time to get to work. If you didn't know how to play the piano, there wouldn't be any shame in playing the piano, you would start to take lessons, you would get help in playing the piano. So if you don't have the trust in yourself to go out there and take a trip that really matters to you, Well, that's okay. You you just you build that. You practice. You work with people to help you in this. And I don't believe that you know. There's psychology talks about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. That many people experience life as we are who we are. You can't change. You're just smarter. You're not. You're funnier. You're not. But the reality of the situation is the people who uh, who have a growth mindset. Um, know that if you read more books right, or go to more seminars, you'll become smarter. If you go take an improv class, you'll become funnier. And I, I want to get back to the where are they now part of this because I know how excited you are about this, this part and I want to share with that also. But I will say one last thing here, which is that people people who believe that they are who they are and they cannot change are less willing to take risks. Because if they take a risk and the risk doesn't pay off, they're afraid that they're going to learn something about themselves which says, I am not enough. People who understand that you can learn as you grow and improve are willing to take risks because they view whatever happens as an opportunity to learn and get better. And think about it. You, you would never take – I would never take a risk if my self-worth was on the line with this risk. If this this outcome – was going to tell me if I was a good enough person or not. But like I'm not taking any risks. I'm, I'd rather not know. And so people who have a fixed mindset are constantly using all of their energy trying to prove that they are enough. People who have a growth mindset are using all of their energy trying to improve. And as a result, they do.
1: One of the things that struck me when you're saying that, it's exactly to me like language learning, right? As someone who, who struggles with learning another language because even living in Japan two years, I was afraid to try to speak Japanese to people. It's funny. You see with language learning all the time. People say like, I can't learn a language. I'm not good at languages. And we've had Benny Lewis on who speaks 10 languages and he debunks every myth in the book. So if you want to listen to those podcasts, do that because he does it much better than me. But it that's what came up to me is just like a really easy example for people. They think that it has to be perfect. Like, I'm not going to speak in public until it's perfect. And it's like, well, and I think this too, so don't go, I'm talking to myself. But it's like, well, how the heck am I going to get perfect at language? Like, this is an inherently... Social thing that you have to do You can read, you can listen You can do all that You can chat with a friend Me and you could Skype here And we could be like Let's improve our Spanish And this and that But until I walk out the door And speak to the Mexican guy Living next door in Spanish That's when I'm going to really improve Because he's going to speak it From a native speaker's tongue It's going to be an interaction I'm not sure how it's going to go I don't know what he's going to ask me uh, we 're not just going to talk about tacos from a vocabulary book, right? You might ask me about like whether I like Donald Trump for president, who knows and i it 's just funny because I am so afraid and in Japan, I was so afraid to do it, and people were so afraid to speak english and then you know, as soon as people started drinking, it was like oh yeah let 's just do it let 's just do it let 's just do it and I always thought, why can't I do this in normal life <laughs> like without having two or three beers. And it's because you're. I feel like my self-worth was tied to it. If I didn't speak good Japanese, people were going to say to me, oh, well, he must be dumb. They know I'm not a native Japanese speaker. In fact, when I spoke Japanese, they were so impressed. Uh, I mean, they were very nice about it. Let's be serious. I was not good. But they were so impressed that I came to their country and learned. It's the exact opposite of what I thought they were thinking And it was just dumb. Like, why would I tie my self-worth into trying a different language that they know I'm not going to know as well as them? But it, it was a block that I couldn't get past and still have trouble getting past.
0: Yeah, brother. Yeah, I feel you on that. And to tie that into the relationships and environment the best way that I've experienced to learn a language is to throw yourself in an environment where they don't speak English so you need to learn like I went to Medellin Colombia for two months kind of getting back to where I've been in the last year we spent January and February there because we were dodging the New York winter and you know it was great (laughs) I loved it for a lot of reasons and what we quickly learned was that um, they speak Spanish in Medellin. And what I mean when I say they speak Spanish is they don't speak English. Uh, where, you know, I've been to Thailand, I've been to Bali, I've been to countless places around the world. Generally, there's still some English that's spoken. And Medellin just has pretty much no tourist economy whatsoever. It only has an expat envir- you know, community, but it doesn't have any tourist attractions. I right. know
1: really. one weaker is coming through and then going back to the U.S.,
0: yeah. And so they just don't speak English and it forced me and my girl to learn some really basic Spanish that we just needed to make it a game and just say like how ridiculous is this? We were in a cab going out to dinner and um my we were taking Spanish lessons, you know, from a tutor there. And one of the things that we learned was the word the uh, "mas de espacio, por favor." All right? Just go go please slower right slower so when someone is talking please slow down so we can understand what you're saying so the cab driver was talking to us and you know he's like oh you know blah 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 and we had no idea what the hell this guy was saying so we just told him please you know talk talk slower And, um, and we're going to dinner and I'm looking at the clock and I'm like you know What is wrong with this guy? And I'm not a judgmental person generally, but I must have been in a bad mood or like I was just trying to make it the perfect date night and he was like messing up my date night charisma. And not only is he taking us in a direction that I feel like is totally off, this guy, I've never been in a cab where someone drives so slowly in my life. And we didn't realize it until the next day that we just kept telling him, please slow down, please slow down. We, Because we weren't saying the the hablas part or whatever it is to say, speak more slowly. We were just saying, more slowly, more slowly. <laughs> so you, you've kind of got to be willing to make it a game and laugh at it. And that's both with language learning and with transforming your life. You know, being willing to take that big risk and go to Bali and uh, come back home and feel twice as frustrated the next week because now you're back in this net, in this environment and you know how much better life can be. But can you laugh it off and not laugh it off in a sense where you're denying your feelings, but see the humor in it and and use the support of the community to make changes in your life and treat it as this is not an implication of my self-worth or my destiny. This is me realizing that the, the reason I'm feeling these negative emotions is because there's a gap between what's important to me and what I'm actually doing. And as I close the gap between what my life can be, what I can be, right, close the gap between that and what I'm currently being, where my my current life is, as I close that gap, uh, I'm gonna start to get rid of those negative emotions or the unpleasant emotions. And
1: use it as motivation as opposed to use it for like material for depression because I felt that way too you come back and then you're so frustrated because you you like came up with so many ideas you knew how good it was and you come back and you're ready to implement them but you don't because They're hard, right? Like all these ideas you came up with sounded great in your head, but then you actually have to do them, right? And you come home and and you and you maybe do one and then you and then you get frustrated. And then, like you said, you're two times as frustrated because you're like, well, now I've tasted the other side and it was awesome, but now I'm stuck here, and you get pissed off, pissed off, pissed off, and you're blaming everyone else. And like, well, why can't people in Philadelphia be like people in Bali? They're so nice in Bali and the food's so good. You know, you're blaming all these external factors using his motivation to say like, how do I get back there? Or how do I get to somewhere else that I want to be or to that level? I've been there where like, there's times I use it as motivation and boom, your life takes off. And I've been at the point where you use it to blame everyone else and you feel crappier than when you left because you now know what you should be doing and what's possible and you're not. And that's where I think having that community comes in you know, if you check in with people each week and you're like, listen, man, well, now I just, I'm pissed off at the world. My friends don't understand me. And you use like all that, right? Hopefully the people, the community that it's like, dude, shut up. Your friends don't understand you because they didn't understand you before you left. It's not on them to understand you. It's on you to make the change to get back there or change it and, or, or whatever it is to do.
0: Totally. Totally. And, and, you know, I've seen people, ordinary people, you know, just like me, just like you, who maybe for people who are listening, you're thinking that they we have a, a travel, gene in us or some kind of special DNA that we were able to pull this off. You know, we've had 36, we've had over 150 people apply to join us in Bali. We've had 36 participants, two filled retreats at 18 people a retreat. And I've seen people who were suffering, who were in jobs that they hated, you know, come to Bali with literally not enough money to fly back home. Like literally, they didn't have the money to get home, but they they were so... um, committed to changing their life and you know they said Jacob you better make this worth it for me right and I'm like oh I better make this worth it for them like like this is that's an edge for them but this is an edge for me and when we actually explored the fear behind it and looked at well what happens if you run out of money? Well I'll be I'll be uh, homeless. Well what happens if you're homeless? Well I'll get thrown in jail. And like by the time we got to that fear, she's like that's ridiculous. I'll never get thrown in jail like um, and so she comes, she turns out that she ends up getting a job for a company that she's super passionate about, helping people with something super meaningful. We've had other people start companies. Um, we've had people who who came home and organized huge dance parties like for their local community and um, make changes, get promotions, leave jobs, just crazy stories. Uh, we had one guy, he, he created something called the Thrive Hive, which was a... <laughs> Which was this mansion that I told you about or this sick crib uh, where people went and lived afterwards because his passion was bringing together a community of people who cared about doing work that was meaningful for them. And so to live together and to support each other in this ongoing type of way and it's just amazing to see, you know, we've got people traveling the country doing workshops uh, and, and then we've had people who've come home and been really frustrated And what's cool is to see, now that it's been a year since that's happened, to see six months later, nine months later, after they went back into that pattern of helplessness or hopelessness, that they knew, nah, 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 nah. I'm not gonna allow myself to go as low as I've been before. And then they make the change to go move to a new city that's more in alignment with their values. So even the people who come home and are initially frustrated, what I see is there's this pattern of something in their soul, it's turned on. Something shifts inside of them that they know that life can be a different way. And not just in their head, but in their, in their body. They get it. And uh, with enough time and with enough support you know, it's really inspiring to see them make sustainable change as well. So we went on a hell of a tangent there. And I'm happy to tell you more about what (laughs) my life's been like if you want, but I get really passionate talking about this stuff.
1: Well, and I think it's so so important. And obviously everyone knows I get passionate about this as well because it is a, a joint mission that we have. That's one of the reasons we get along so well. And I think we enjoy talking so much is that it is about helping people get the life that they want. And that's, might not be the life that I have. They don't, might not want to be a travel podcaster, writer, this or that. Maybe they want to, you know, make prosthetics or something like that. But it's like, whatever it is that you want, there's a common theme that runs through everyone. It's not the job they're doing. It's the way they're doing it, the people they're doing it with and their mindset. And that's something we can teach because we have done it. And we don't do it perfect. And there is still all that doubt and stuff like that. But we've both been able to achieve the life that we want. And that's constantly changing. And that's one of the things I want to talk about too, is that you've now... Let's get, let's get back to like the nitty gritty where you we were. But then I want to talk about how you're changing your life and how what I want is changing as well. And it's funny because it's it's basically the same thing. And that's what we were talking about before the podcast even started. But... You ran the retreat last September, and, and you had that amazing experience, and then you said, I'm going to do it again. So you ran a second one, right?
0: Yes. yes. And that was
1: in March? That May? was in
0: April of this year.
1: Okay. So you've That's done true. two retreats. I want to know for you, what was the biggest difference between the first and the second? Because taking on one retreat, you, know, you said you were all scared, and right when you came on the podcast last time, you hadn't done it yet. And you were really pumped for it, and we knew it was gonna work. I knew it was gonna work. Maybe you didn't think it was, I don't know. But that, then you came back, you're like, this worked, let's do another. What was the biggest difference? Like, what have you seen change in yourself, or even in how you run it, or the people who come?
0: Yeah, you wanna talk about a nightmare scenario? I get to Bali four days before my first retreat starts. Now, granted, we've got 18 people coming from all over the world for nine days, they paid. You know, a substantial amount of money to be a part of this. They're committed to changing their life, depending on me for the support. I land in Bali on like a Monday. The retreat starts on Friday. I, I go to bed. I wake up Tuesday. I'm starting to play with my tooth. It's feeling a little funny. You know, you ever have something going on in your mouth and you just can't not like play with it with your tongue? It's like bothering you and you're like picking at it with your tongue. And by that night, I was in some pain. I was like, well, okay. And so I went to bed at 8 o'clock. I woke up at midnight. I was in such excruciating pain. I couldn't sleep. I start looking for dentists online. I
1: got an email. Trav, do you know any dentists in Bali? I remember that email. And I said, no, but I know one in Thailand because Heather had to go. And uh, you were like, I think I'll find one closer.
0: I I don't even remember uh, sending you that. But So I'm, I'm looking for dentists. I can't sleep. I'm up for like... You know, ex- I'm up for the whole night. Now mind you, I'm planning to use the four days before my retreat to plan out what we're going to do during that time. Right? I got a rough idea but I wanted to go into the specifics. So my girlfriend is sleeping. I decide to start reading Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning which is by this, you know, Viktor Frankl a Holocaust survivor. It's just like this existential moment that I have of like, what do I do? Um, and so it turns out I had a, I had an infection inside of a root canal and I needed to be put on antibiotics and pain medication. So by the time the and possibly, and probably have my tooth pulled out in, in Bali you know, before my retreat starts. So going into the retreat, I was at about 65, 60% of my capacity and I just kept it real with people. Like this is part of the process of going for what matters to you. It's not going to work out perfect, but you show up authentically, be transparent and focus on how can I help? How can I help? Not make it about me, but you know, one of the biggest things I see people struggle with is to say, they say, who am I to do that? I'm not good enough yet. Once I take this next course or read this next book or get that certification, then I'll be ready to do this thing. The reality is I wasn't ready to do the retreat. But I had no choice. you know. I was in pain. I could barely think straight. And so it really forced me to go deep into my own spiritual practices and my own practice of accepting myself exactly as I am, not hiding it, but not focusing on myself. Focusing on them and how can I help. And I did that. And I think it was refreshing for people to see the reality of the situation. So, the difference between the first retreat and the second retreat, the You, first
1: you retreat, have one less tooth.
0: I have one less tooth. Uh, the first retreat, I was trying not to f- it up. The second retreat, I was saying, how can I make this the sickest possible experience ever? And the first retreat was great. The second uh, retreat, arguably, was better. And what I was looking for, this might sound a little woo-woo or a little out there. People thought they were coming on this retreat for one thing, and the reality of the situation is there's something deeper inside that they were coming to get that they didn't know what it was. And it was something that their intuition led them to the retreat to get. So in their head, they were coming to experience Bali, to help get support, getting paid to do what they love, to meet a great community. Underneath that, there is something that they were coming for which they didn't realize and what i how i describe this is their soul was coming to get something and as the person who's facilitating this experience i'm paying attention did travis get what his soul came here to get that's my job that's what i do i i read below the surface i am listening to the language of the universe if there again i get that that's some weird <laughs> that i just said right there but the, there there's you know, there is a language that the universe speaks and it is not English. And if we can listen to what life or nature or God or whatever the hell you describe it as, the thing that gives us life, the difference between a, a, a human being who is dead, right, that is a physical body and a human being that is alive, that is a physical body. There is something inside of the the, the one who's alive that that is an intelligence that beats our heart and that takes fresh air for us when we're not consciously focusing on that. And if we can align ourselves with nature, um, we can live a more fulfilled life. Now, I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent here. Society uh, gets us out of alignment with that nature, with the part of ourselves that is healthy. Society says, you should be this way, you should do that thing, blah, 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 blah. And so much of, of our path in life is to figure out what's true for ourselves and to live in alignment with that despite what other people think. So I'm going to bring it back to where I started which was I'm looking for the moment that this person got what their soul came here to get and that might be you know we had one girl talk about uh, for the first time talk about that she had been raped and she had never actually spoken about that with a community and she felt that she was flawed or something was wrong with her for that experience or she felt guilty that she did something wrong. And so to have a group of community to be like, you're crazy that we only love you more because you shared that. Like you're an incredible, you have strength, you have blood, you know, et cetera. Boom, we had another girl um, come out of the closet, you know, and she was questioning her sexuality, going back and forth. And she didn't sign up to the retreat to come out of the closet, right? Like, this <laughs> right. Is, and that, that idea would have freaked her out. But she felt safe enough and supported enough. To get to accept herself fully, um, and get the support from us, we've had, you know, we've had countless other experiences like this, just as deep and meaningful, where where somebody, you know, they they were dancing like a maniac up and down, and, and this is a person who never dances, right? And who doesn't feel, their stoic man who in control and responsible, and just let it loose and go nuts. And that was the experience that their soul came here to get, getting so out of their head and into their heart and into their body and tapping into a deeper wisdom within them. Um, so retreat one, retreat two, and I'm excited for retreat three, which we can talk a little bit more about. I'd love to. Yeah, a- talk- go
1: in right into retreat three, because that's happening in January, 2016, right? January.
0: Spots are filling up and you know I'm on the phone left and right with people right now who are interested in coming. Um, You know, if you've been inspired by today's conversation and you're into it, uh, let me know. You know, you can go to Bali, B-A-L-I dot Sensify, S-E-N-S-O-P-H-Y dot com and apply. And if you apply, just say that you heard about it from this podcast with Travis. And I'll I'll give you some extra special attention. I've got a, a big space in my heart for the people in Travis's community. And as you guys see, there's... There's a big parallel between your community, Travis, and my community. and um, what I will say is that at worst, what I'll do is I'll give you some guidance for moving forward. even if you're you don't get into the retreat or you it's just not a good fit. Um, I'll still give you guidance for how you can move forward. And sometimes you might think that that's one thing. I get on the phone with people and they're like, I just want to create that business that I love. And I'm like, do you have a girlfriend? And we go into, well, how's your relationship to your breath? Um, you know, how's your relationship to, to femininity, to women? Uh, and we just go to a totally different place. So I promise, if you know, if you're interested in joining us in Bali, I promise that I'll always ask permission. We never need to go anywhere that you don't want to go. Um, this is what I do. I'm a super compassionate dude, except when I'm mad at taxi drivers in Medellin, Colombia. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I, if, you're, if there's a part of your soul right now that's like, man, that would be awesome. Trust that part of yourself, even if your head has a hundred reasons why it doesn't make sense. You know, living a fulfilled life requires trusting your heart and bringing your head with you. Uh, I hear a lot of nonsense about follow your heart and and everything's going to work out. And while I get it, um, follow your heart, but bring your head. Right? I'm a I'm a huge fan of strategy and of having a long term perspective. Um, so thank you for allowing me to plug that. Well,
1: what I think is awesome, Jacob, is obviously you are one of the people and you said you don't want credit and this and that at the beginning of the podcast, but you were one of the people who really helped me get very clear on what I want to do with my site because I thought it was one thing and, and it, it, that's still part of it, like the travel and the frequent flyer miles. And I really do love that part of it, but it is more about how can I help someone really change your life. And maybe that is like, I'm only going to travel two times a year and that's totally fine. But maybe it's, I want to start my own business and travel. I want to do it like, like for me, I wanted to start my own business because I wanted to travel and live wherever I could. I, I didn't know that I also wanted to start it because I didn't like working for other people. And I had a bigger mission and I thought my goals were I knew that, but I wasn't listening to that. I thought it was like, oh, because I can be location independent. And that's what spurred me on. And that was a big part of it. But it's really also because I believe I can do more doing stuff on my own than I could with someone else and things like that. So I love that you started doing the retreats. I love that before you did the first one that we chatted a bunch and, and you know, I, I got to hear all your fears and you were really open about them on the first podcast. And even on this one, we kind of touched on it too about how... You weren't ready and all that and how the second retreat was like, listen, I know I have this. Like I you, you understood that it wasn't going to be a failure and that allowed you to open it up to really give people what they needed.
0: Totally. And I'm so stoked for the third. Like I, I'm playing with all kinds of ideas because listen, there's a difference between information and transformation. Podcasts are very informational for a temporary period of time. You get to join our reality and that's great. Um, I've done you know 100 interviews myself. I love them. I'm a big you know fan of them, and they're really helpful in setting you up to make a change in your life. And then there's the point of action, and the point of actually making a change, and the point of transformation. And that's what I'm a student of, a student of transformation. And so the retreat, you know, it's not a bunch of information that you're going to learn. It is an experience. It is getting it in on a subconscious, on a, on a heart-based level. Uh, which will only come with stepping into your fears, but realizing that the only thing scary about your fear is the thought about your fear, not the actual fear itself, unless it's, you know, falling off a building or something or stepping into fire. But 95% of the fears we have are, they're not actually,
1: I'm not good enough or I can't do this or whatever.
0: I'm not enough. I won't be loved. These are the core ones. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's awesome. If you guys are interested, check that out. Of course, we'll put that in the show notes, extrapack of peanuts.com slash pods, but you can get that com. If you are interested, check it out. I have 100% faith in Jacob that you will figure out if it's right for them, help them figure out if it's right for them as well and just put together an amazing, amazing experience in Bali, one of the best places in the world. That can't be a a bad thing either, heading to Bali. So check that out, guys. I want to touch real quick, Jacob, on where your life is headed and where my life is headed. And this seems very big, right? Like, Where are we headed? But really just in the actual logistical part of your location independent, for a year and a half. You you lived out of your backpack. You know, you came back to New York here and there, but you were either renting someone else's apartment or staying with people in New York. You gave up your place a year and a half ago that had dirt cheap rent. Still crazy. I can't believe you were paying that. And it was an awesome place. You gave that up. You went out for a year and a half. What was really cool, and I will take some credit here is that I had been doing it. And so it was cool for me to help you in whatever little way I did take the step and then and actually get out and and do it. Talk about that and then talk about where, like why you're not going to stay doing the same thing but how it's evolved a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, the main thing is that I just wanted an office, you know, and that's where I'm in right now. We just moved into this place um, three or four days ago and, you know, as you do, I travel with my girlfriend and we do similar work side by side. And you know, I have a pretty strong, I'm not aware of it, but I, I can have a pretty strong energetic presence and she's a, a very highly sensitive. And so when we're too close to each other too much, especially creatively, um, it, can, it can, you know, it <laughs> can be a challenge. You need space. We you need, need space. space. And the work that I do is, I, you know, I'm, when I'm getting on the phone with someone to talk to them, to coach them. I need 100% of my presence completely on them. I need to listen for the thing that's happening underneath what they're saying, and I can't have eight things happening around me. So like, travel is amazing, and I love it, and I'll continue to travel. The game plan right now is to have this sweet crib in New York, or in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, uh, which my girl is, I think, still surprised and relieved that I was willing to live in Brooklyn, because I'm from Queens. And I love New York. I was born here, I was raised here. I do not like the winter in New York. And here's one of those things that, you know, our generation at this day and age, we can be ridiculous enough to say, I don't want to live in New York in the winter because it sucks. It's cold. And I'm not a fan of that. And so I'm structuring my business in a way where I'm doing my retreats uh, in Bali in the winter here. And then I'm going to go spend January, February, March in Bali. We'll see what I do with this place if I can have a friend stay here and give me some cash or something like that to hold it down. But then come back and have this as a home base and then do my little bit of travel. If I want to go do a month, I do a month. But for me, man, it would just get into the point where I love travel. I love the road. I get inspired by it. And I'm at a point right now where I'm ready for the grounded routine that I know that I can go in and I can create when I want to create without guessing how's the Wi-Fi going to be, or is there going to be background noise or any of that good stuff?
1: Yeah, it's, it's so cool because I actually put a post up on Facebook just asking because Heather and I have just moved back. I think people listening will know if they've listened to other episodes, but we just moved back to our place outside of Philadelphia, right? We haven't been in here for five years. It's been rented out. And I put a Facebook post up that just said, hey, does anyone have a couch or furniture? Like, we have nothing. We're back at our house. And you hopped on. You're like, hey, if anyone has it in New York and Travis can't get it, let me know because I just moved into a place as well. And it was just funny because we hadn't spoke for a couple months. And I didn't know that your plan was, hey, I'm going to get a home base and do the same thing because that is the next step for Heather and I. It's like, we need a place. We need a home base. We can't stay on the road constantly. We still want to travel a ton, especially during the winter. Just like you said, I hate the winter as well. But it's evolved, right? It's like, and I think people take the step of, hey, a lot of people I see, hey, I'm a traveler and I'm just going to travel around. Then it's like, okay, well now I'm starting a business or doing something so I can continue to travel. So you become quote unquote digital nomad, right? And then you evolve to all right, digital nomad is cool and I still love it and I'd still consider myself that, but I want a home base as well. And I'll tell you what, and I didn't think about this until this podcast right now, but what was holding me back from having a home base was definitely fear. And I thought it was, oh, if I give it up, it's, am I legit enough? Like if I'm podcasting from home, that's not as cool as podcasting from the rice fields in Bali, right? But it was fear that I couldn't, make enough money to have a home base and still travel. I know that's what it was because I didn't want to have to sit on a mortgage of 1300 or $1,500, whatever we pay here. It's actually 1500 So I do know what it is. I'm um, <laughs> not just like not paying it. I, I had that fear of like, how can I do that? And how can I travel? Because we've only been able to travel because I haven't been paying our mortgage and we've had renters in. And you know what? In the last three days of sitting here, I've been so content because I've said to myself, you know what you're going to do? You're going to make $1,500 extra a month. And then you're going to have the life that you want. Like You're going to have a home base and you're not going to worry because you're going to have this home base and you're going to get to travel if you want. But I was scared because I honestly didn't think I could do it. Even though there's months where I've done it well and above that, but I didn't know if I could do it consistently. And it was definitely that fear that was driving my decision of, I'm scared because this means that I have to work harder or, or sell more or do something that makes me more money. And I was afraid to do that because I don't exactly know what that is.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when you go back to that ladder of consciousness that we were talking about, you were making decisions from a fear based place. So you continued to get a life where it wasn't, wasn't working, there was more fear. And- What positive psychology, which is basically the science of happiness and and, uh, achievement and success, what it shows us is that actually the people who – when you're in a better mood, when you are happier, you are um, more creative, you perform better, you you are more inspired, you connect with people more deeply. And so um, by you making a decision to – Take care of yourself so that you can be in a better mood, be in a happier place, have what you want. You're actually going to perform better than if you're frustrated, if you're fear, if you're in this place. So it's cool to see you because you had the fear of, can I actually do this? But you had that fear at times. And at other times, you had the faith that you could do it. And so it was a battle between your faith and your fear. And what happens is when your faith outweighs your fear – you move forward and that's what you did. It's exactly. Amazing.
1: And I knew that, and I, and we were talking about this before the podcast, I think it was important points that we were making. I want everyone to hear it. You know, We were talking about how to move forward, right? Not just in in life, but in, in your business and how you need the space. And I need to have a home base because I don't want to come home to Philadelphia and be living out of my sister-in-law's bedroom because nothing's getting done. I'm recording podcasts while I'm sitting on a bed. It's like you're treading water. So I know the business and, and, and extra pack of peanuts and everything we're doing, all these big ideas we have can only move forward if I give myself the space. And that doesn't mean not traveling at all. It means when I'm home, I can be home and be in my space just like you talked about. And what's funny is all these projects that we're thinking about doing and all these big things have the potential to do way more than $1,500 a month, like way more. And, and they have the potential to have such a bigger impact. But it's like that was the thing holding me back, like that I was scared. And really, it was scared. I was scared to do them. And that's exactly what we're talking about. I was scared to take on those projects. And I knew that if I kept doing what I was doing, I was able to keep traveling. But I couldn't have a home base and travel because, you know, hey, this and that.
0: And I was just scared to do it. How long have you been in business in Extra Pack of Peanuts now for? So we've been
1: doing it. Extra Pack of Peanuts has existed for three and a half years. But as a business, about two and a half.
0: So the reality is, is that businesses have up and downs. It's just normal. And businesses oftentimes have lines of credit that they operate from. They, they go through periods where there's a lot of money and then there's not as much money. When, when we're first starting our business, we're so looking at it on a month-to-month base that we're like, oh my God, it's working. And then two months later, it's like everything is at risk right now. And I think the longer that I've been in business... You know, the more that I realize is this is just a long term game. You're gonna have a couple months where the money's not coming in, but that's okay. It's just part of the process. It doesn't mean that's forever. So for me, you know, I actually opened up a line of credit for my business. We've got a $50,000 line of credit now that I can pay myself separate from the business. I can pay myself as an employee of Sensify, of my business, every month, no matter what. And I'm gonna cover my rent. And so for you, you've got this, you know, um, fifteen hundred dollar expense, but that enables you to do so many more things in your business. And sometimes, you know, it's just the reality check of you're running a business here, dude, and you, you've been in the business for two and a half, three and a half years now, and there's a little bit of cost associated with that, and that's just how businesses run. But I think as as nomadic digital entrepreneurs we can forget that we're actually running a business and we are and it's sometimes it's helpful just to look at other um, businesses that have been run for a while and just how do they do it what are what are some of the things that that they use so i'm all for it man great decision i'm excited
1: for you the best part is like it's funny to say I I, I don't have fifteen hundred a month, and I wasn't expecting to get into numbers and stuff like that because we do, and because we've been lucky enough with the support of people and through our products, like you know, with bootcamp and Paradise Pack, like we have stuff saved away that we could sit in this apartment, make no money for two years, and probably be fine. But it was the fear, man. It was the f- it wasn't the money at all. It was the fear that if I'm here. Then that means I have to start doing... like The excuse was, I don't have a home base. We're treading water. It's hard to do when I'm away. All those excuses that I tell people not to make. (laughs) And then it's like, now I have a home base. So you better get your ass in gear on this project because now you have no excuse. And it took me an hour and a half of being on a podcast with you to figure out that was the reason. And it wasn't that I didn't want a home base and it wasn't a $1,500 a month mortgage. It was... Now it's like put up or shut up. You this is the excuse you've been making for a year? Well, now you don't have it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got no doubt that you'll figure it out, dude. No doubt whatsoever.
1: So we're both evolving. We both have home bases. You in New York, me in Philadelphia. We'll have to throw a party for everyone at some point. Probably not in the middle, because there's nothing in the middle. We're not going to New Jersey, man. <laughs> we're not going to New Jersey. So I really, really appreciate you coming on, Jacob. It's just, it's awesome to chat with you again because it has been a couple months since we chatted. And it's amazing to me that it's only been a year since you last came on the podcast because the stuff that you have done, I mean, going from not sure that you're ready to run a retreat to telling me today, listen, like this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm good at. This is what makes the most impact. I mean, most people don't come to that point for like 30 years, right? Or maybe they never come out with their job. You went from not knowing it a year ago to being like this is it. I know this is what I was supposed to do right now. That's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. Well, it's amazing what happens when you put yourself out there, you get support, you are willing to go into uncertainty and not have your self-worth on the line. So Thanks for all your support, dude. I'm excited for what you're up to and your community and just appreciate you having me here.
1: Yeah, sorry I couldn't find you that dentist in Bali. You must have been in just a haze of pain. Like, I'm gonna reach out to Travis. Maybe he knows a witch doctor here in Bali, right? But awesome. So glad that everything's working out. Guys, um, of course, Jacob, you continue to inspire me. You always make me strive for more, 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 more purpose, more meaning. Um, More value in my life. So thank you for that. Remind people how they can come find you. And especially if they are interested in applying for the Bali retreat, because like you said, not everyone gets in. It's not a fit. You make sure you and your team that it is a fit for them and a fit for you guys. How can they do all that?
0: Yeah. So, uh, what I would say is, um, for Bali, if you've been inspired by this conversation, you can head on over to Bali, B-A-L-I. dot sensophy, S-E-N-S-O-P-H-Y. dot com, and uh, just take a look at the site. You know, if you're feeling it, uh, apply. Just please note that you heard this conversation on the podcast, so I'll, I'll pay extra special attention to you guys. And then, if you're you know, if that feeling like too big of a stretch for you, maybe you know another thing we can do for your audience is I've got this sweet little uh, guide. It's really short but succinct that I put together. That is the um, the seven ways that people stop themselves from living with deeper purpose, and then seven things they can do to fix that. And so we'll create a, um, a special download link for your audience as well. Uh, if you guys go to Sensify.com slash peanuts, Sensify.com slash peanuts, we'll make sure it has the S at the end. Um, we'll let you guys download that also for free and just hook you up with that. And then if there's anything that you'd love to uh, share with me or ask me, feel free to email me, Jacob at sensify.com. And, you know, if there's anything that you really liked about this conversation, anything that you especially hated about it, feel free to email me and I'd love to get to know you more.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. And guys, go check out that guide. Um, we will link that in the show notes as well. So if you forget that, we'll put a link in our show notes of that'll just redirect you there. You can grab that guide. Um, show notes, as always, of slash pods. If you want more of Jacob and you want more of this same type of stuff, we did an episode one year ago, almost to the day. Uh, it was EPop episode 56. This one's going to be in the 180s. So uh, we've done a lot since then. Jacob's done a ton. Go check that out. Um, you can get that iTunes, Stitcher, um, however you listen to this podcast, you can check it out. Thanks so much for everything, Jacob. Thanks for all the freebies. Really appreciate it, man.
0: My pleasure, dude. Thank you for everything you do. Thanks for having me here. And guys, thank you for spending this hour and a half with us. I appreciate you taking your time. And uh, And I'd ask you, what's the number one thing that you took away from today's conversation? What's the one aha, the one takeaway that's been biggest for you? And just make it worth it, right? Like you just spent an hour and a half, spend 90 seconds right now, just asking yourself, what is that? And then once you do that, spend another 90 seconds just asking yourself, how can I put that into use in the next 24 hours? What can I do in the next 24 hours to put it into use? And then um, immediately get someone to hold you accountable for it, right? So just immediately you can email me, you can you know make a comment, I don't know if there's comments here, something in order to just say, here's my biggest takeaway, here's what I'm gonna do, someone hold me accountable, and uh, and let's go from information to transformation, and move beyond just being entertained. Because Travis is one hell of an entertaining gentleman, um, and and actually create change in our life and, and transform. So that's my that's my hope for you guys.
1: Do that. I, I think you make a good point. If if you listen to all this, you've taken away something, um, because it's been really power packed with with actionable good advice leave it in the comments either on the show notes or you can tweet both of us i think that'd be really cool so if you have twitter at pack of peanuts you are at jacob sokol at jacob sokol tweet us and just let us know because it'd be really a we can help you if there's something that you took away that you want help with and it's just really nice to know that um what we presented today really did have an impact so let us know guys you can tweet us at pack of peanuts at jacob sokol Thank you for tuning in today, everyone. Thank you for making us the number one rated show on iTunes. And until next time, happy free travels.